Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. And so today I want to talk to you about building our future. Turn to someone and say, it's my future too. <laughs> is it your future? <laughs> right. So the important thing about future, right? All of us have a great desire to see good things in our life, right? No one stands up and goes, you know what? Tomorrow I wish for bad things. I wish for worse things to come into my life. No, we want to have good things in our life. We want to, and most of us have a very optimistic view of our future. Whether it happens or not is irrelevant. We view our future with optimistic lens. And we want all the good things to come in our life. And we work hard. We do extra work. We put in the effort because we want to, as much as we can, to ensure we have a good future. Now, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We can't control what comes into our year or month next time. But we want to, as much as we can, with as much assurance as we can, to try to stabilize our future. Because we want to be assured that we can have a good thing. You know, if I say, all of us think about and have a preferred future. And if I asked you, all of you, to just take one second and think, what is in your future? What would you like to see in your future? In your particular life, I'm sure you're thinking that I want to see this, I want to see good things in my life. None of you are thinking, well, I wish I lose my life, or I wish I lose my car, I wish I lose my house. None of you are thinking that. You all have a preferred future that you like, right? All of us want to have something good that flows into our life. And however, the reality is that most of us have gone through extreme situations, and sometimes we've allowed ourselves to go through difficult situations to sacrifice things so we can help ensure a better future. For many of you, you moved to Australia from a different country. I did too, because, you know, I wasn't born in Australia. For those of you who don't know, I was born in India, then I moved to Africa, and then I moved to Canada, and then I moved to Australia. So it was quite a little hopscotch, little jump. But when you land in a new country, not everything is easy, right? Most of you understand that, because you have to begin to start over. You have to do extra things. You have to sacrifice a few things. And maybe you move to a new country, not for your sake, but for your children's sake. And so you were willing to pay the price to ensure that your children would have a better future. But sometimes you had to go and work in a job that you didn't necessarily want to do, but you did it because you wanted to provide something better for your children. Maybe it wasn't even your field of, of your expertise, but you were willing to do the job. Because we all want to build a better future for our loved ones. Sometimes we went through financial struggles because maybe we had a good life in where we were, but it wouldn't have been a good life for our kids, so we left and went through financial struggles. Maybe you went through mental stress because you're not living in a new country. Some of you might not have known the language. It would have been a struggle. To adapt to a new culture, to adapt to a new environment would have taken a strain on your mental and physical health, but you were willing to sacrifice it for your kids and for a better future. So, question I have for you. How do you build a better place? 
How do you build a better future? How do you ensure that your life is better? Well, as kids, you know, you can assure a few things. Well, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to, you know, learn things so I can equip myself so I can go out there and get a better job and therefore I can get a better future, which means they'll pay me more so I'll be able to live at a more comfortable pace. So we, we sacrifice years of our life. You know, sometimes I remember going to, to university or college, as it was called in Canada, and we'd have late nights. Sometimes we'd have to sleep over at our campus because we had assignments that were due. And so we would sacrifice sleep. We would sacrifice going out with friends. And some of you have done that. You know, you've sacrificed things. You've stayed out late. You've done courses. You've gone to places that, you know, you thought that you wouldn't go to because you had to go and meet someone to learn something and study projects and all of these things. You miss out on other events in your life because you're sacrificing to try to ensure that you have a more stable future. So all of us have sacrificed because we want to have a better future. We understand that, right? We understand that we were willing to give of something because it helps us get a better future. And so here's a question I have for you. What can you do to ensure we protect our loved ones? What can you do to ensure you can protect your loved ones? What do you think you have to do in order for you to secure the future of you and your loved ones? What sacrifice are you willing to do? What do you think you need to take care of? Is it because you think, well, I need to have a good bank account, and if I have a good bank account, if I have money in my bank, then, you know, when I pass on, my kids are going to be off better off because I've left them a good chunk of money? Is it property? You know, I've, I've got a house and I'm going to leave that to my kids so they have a house to live in so they don't struggle the way I did? Is it, well, you know, I have a favorite car and I've taken care of this car and I'm going to leave this to my kids so they have a great car in their life? Is it bonds? Is it stocks? What have you decided that you're going to leave behind to provide for your future, for your kid's future. You know, what we leave behind must continue to impact not just our kids, but generations to come. In fact, that's what Solomon, who is one of the wisest people on the face of the earth, he writes something that is so wise. And I want to share this with you. It comes from Proverbs 13.22. And this is what it says. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Not just for their children, but for their grandkids. He, this is a legacy. It's not just leaving an inheritance for those right behind me. This is leaving an inheritance for my children's children. He's thinking about legacy. He's thinking about the impact that you leave behind beyond just one generation. Because the reality is that when we leave something behind, we might not have the impact we desire to have because we think it's sufficient, but the coming generation after might not feel the same way. So in Solomon's opinion, he says a wise or a smart person does not just think about the here and now, he thinks generationally. He thinks beyond the present. He thinks about not just this generation, but the next generation and the next generation and the generation after that, that he might not ever see, but his thought is about leaving something so significant that it impacts many 
across multiple generations. Do you know the reality is that money can't do that? Money can't impact that way. He says, even more, a good man recognizes that the most important inheritance is not physical wealth, but godly character and a good name. Because people talk about other people who have done significant things in our world to change culture, to change race relations, to change things that come to injustice. We remember those people because they've left something significant behind. We don't necessarily think about the millionaire down the street. There's nothing significant about that. So what you leave determines an important aspect of your character. Right? What you think about, what you plan for, what you invest in, what you leave behind speaks to your character. God often invites us to be part of what He is doing in our world, in our community, in our surroundings. Because He is invested in leaving a multi-generational blessing beyond the here and now. He's thinking about what happens generations to come. And he invites us to participate in the grand scheme or plan or what he intends to happen in our world. And for many of us, we often think about it in our present context. We think about it as the here and now. What do I need in my life to make me comfortable? What do I need so I can have, you know, things better off tomorrow? We don't think about multi-generational thoughts. We often ask God for so many things. That's what our prayers are. God, can you help me through my day? God, can you provide me a new job? Can you take care of this? Can you help my sister? Can you pray? Can I move on behalf of that sick person? Do this in my life. I need you to help my kids with this and my kids to that. But when God asks us for something in our life, we're not so willing to do it for Him. We want... Give me this, God. Give me that. But God says, I want you to participate in my plan for this community. We're like, well, let me check and see what I have in my life, and I'll let you know whether I'm available or not. But, Lord, I need my blessing now. I want you to do it now. I want you to heal me now. I want you to give me now. I need a new job now. When God says, I want you to go there and do this, well, um, you know... I have some TV programs to watch. The news is on at 7, and maybe a little bit later I can think about it. We want, but we don't want to give. Right? We have so many excuses why we think we should not be doing, or investing, or going, or participating. We can come up with a list of long, long as our hand why we don't think we are ready. 
And it's not new. This is humankind. You know, that's the whole problem, if I can be honest with you. The problem is that it's not that God can do. It's God wants to do with you and me, and we're not willing to be part of what God wants to do. And therefore, as Wadza said, sometimes the vision is put on hold, not because God can make the vision come to pass. It's because we don't want to participate in God's impact in this place. Right? I want you to show, I want to show you something. This is not new, this is not a new concept. It happens over and over and over and over again. And if, you're aware, if you study anything from the scriptures, if you read anything that comes from the scriptures, you can see this pattern happen over and over again. You know, God took Israel through Joseph into a land called Egypt. The reason they went to Egypt, this family went to Egypt, Israel's family, was because there was a great famine in the land. And therefore, 72 of them went into Egypt because God provided a way. For 400 years, they lived in Egypt in the land of Goshen. 400 years. And they got to about, some scholars say, about 5 million. From 72 to about 5 million. But things didn't go well. Things started off great as every relationship does and then it just goes downhill, right? <laughs> if you don't plan on providing a good future. And, and so they got busy doing stuff, but they didn't think about what was happening. And so a new pharaoh rose. He didn't know Joseph and them and he put all these children of Israel under slavery. And so for 400 years, they were in this land that was alien to them and eventually they had this part where they were working for the Egyptians as slaves. And they were going through a tough time. And like any people that were going through a tough time that know God, guess what they do? God, help us. Extend your love in our life. Help us through this. Take us out. Remove us from this situation. Take us to a new place. Provide for us. We'll love you. We'll worship you. We'll follow you. God being compassionate and loving and generous, even when sometimes we don't reciprocate in the same way, does exactly that. He sends a deliverer and he removes them from this bondage of slavery and he promised to take them to a land that's going to be a blessing to them but God says I'm not just going to bless you I'm going to bless generations after you it's a multi-generational thought that God extends into their life and so they get excited about this you know I'm just bringing this to a really um, you know sort of close abbreviated thing they move out of Egypt they move into the promised land. It takes them a long time. Most of you know scripture get there. And they get to this land and it's great because, you know, this is exactly what God promised. It's a land filled with milk and honey, as he tells them. And they begin to settle. You know, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that go on in between. But I want you to see something. God speaks to them before they enter into this land. And he tells them something significant. And Deuteronomy chapter 80 says this. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, your silver and your gold increase, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You see, 
we go through struggle, we call on God, and then when he blesses us, that he says he's going to bless us, we conveniently forget what he did. He continues, you may say to yourself, see if you find this familiar, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. It wasn't God. I did it. I went to work. I did that job. I have this. But we forget that God opened doors. God gave us health. God gave us wealth. God gave us breath. God gave us everything we have, as Wadza was saying. And we think that we somehow did it ourselves. That's what he says. It's my power and my strength. I did this by myself. He continues, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. What did he say to his ancestors? He said, I'm going to take you to this land. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you every blessed thing that you have in your life. It's going to be such a blessing you can't even begin to contain it. But when you get to that spot, don't forget how you got it. Don't forget how it came to you. See, when we focus in on our future, and it becomes a selfish future, it's just about me and what I want and what I require and what I desire in my life, we diminish God's image in us because He created us to expand, not to confine us. He he created us to have influence, and not be selfish. He created us to be a flow of generosity and not to be dams of stagnant water. Jesus says it this way. I've put light in you so you may be the light of the world. So stand on a hill and shine because no one takes a light and hides it under a cover. They put it on a lampstand so it shines and brings light to everyone. You are my light. I've blessed you so you can bless others. I've poured out into your life so you can be a flow of generosity to other people. Don't hold things because you mar God's image in your life because He is a God of generosity. He continues to give and pour and pour out of endless resources. The reason we have is because of who He is and not because of what we've done. He says, be a light and stand out. Be an example. We tarnish God's image in us because God is generous and He gives us over and over again. In fact, His generosity extends so much that He gives His life. He gives everything. His life for those who did not even acknowledge Him. Not, I want you to understand this. He didn't give His life for those that wanted him and desired him he gave his life for those that cursed him and despised him that's a whole different level i can give my life to someone who loves me and is you know great for me and all these things i can give my life for my wife because i know she loves me but i go will i give my life to my enemy for my enemy who hates me and wants me dead will i willingly lay down my life but yet he did for those that despised him Jesus calls us to be open doors and not to be closed, you know, fortresses locked up with resources, but to be open doors that many can come in and receive God's blessing. Because if God's going to bless someone, he's going to bless his people first. And it's it's our duty as his people to distribute what God has poured into our life. 
Jesus talked about this on numerous occasions. If you look in Mark 11, verse 17, he says this. And he taught them, he said, it is, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. I want you to emphasize on, the, emphasize on that last part. For who? For all nations. For every single nation. Not just for the Israelites in that context, but for everyone. For you, for me. doesn't matter where you came from, what your background is. God desires His house to be a place of refuge for every single person. So don't stand in the way of what God desires for this place. You see, all of us, it's special. Because you see, when you give to God's purpose, God's vision, God's purpose in this house, you're creating a place where all people can come and encounter His presence. When we have been given as a family, as transformers, we all of us have a unique opportunity to sow into God's vision for this church, for this house, and for our future. Because what we leave behind is not just for you, but it's for nations to come and understand. God always desires, and He's desired that from the very inception, that He uses His people to bless nations around it. Over and over again, he tells us that it's not just about you and your children, but it's the future of every child and every nation, so they may come and encounter my presence. Wadza, I didn't talk to her, but she mentioned this, and she said, you know, we stand on generations before. The reason all of us have, because... I've been to churches and you've been to different churches, but all of us have the ability to go to a building or church because another generation gave without even understanding who will come in. She said it. She didn't know that people from Zimbabwe would be coming. And you go to different places in the world and you have old mothers in the church and old fathers in the church and maybe they started off and they were by themselves and they were praying, but they gave out of what they had and God blessed that resource And so many others come in. And so we have a direct understanding. That's what makes his church so unique. We pass on his blessings to the next generation. That's what happens. That's what makes us unique. And Jesus makes note of this. He says this over again. Jesus talks a lot about this multi-generational thing. You know, in John chapter 4 verse 38, he says this. I sent you out to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Right? You have because someone worked hard. So let's be reciprocal and do the same thing. I don't want us to be the weak link in God's blessing. I don't want us to be the generation that dropped the ball. I don't want us to be the generation that goes, you know what, God, we got something, but we couldn't pass it on. We don't want to be that. I certainly don't want to be that. Because we think, you know, we can save a few dollars here, and I can save a few dollars here. I'm going to put this aside because, you know, I need my new little gadget and that and all these fancy things. You know, most of us have more than we need. Most of us have so much stuff that our rooms and our garages and our closets are filled with stuff we haven't looked at for years. We have stuff that we can throw away 
that will feed you know, thousands of people in different countries just from your house. <laughs> Stuff that you don't even need, you could throw away. And you won't even know, miss it. We have so much stuff that is not necessary. Imagine if you use just a portion of that as a multi-generational blessing that you poured into his house for his purpose to extend that so other people can come and encounter him. You know how much more people we would have reached? How much more people would have encountered his presence? How much more we could have done to touch people across the world? If his people that he poured his generosity into were just as generous as he was. But we don't do that. Think about it for a second. What would the church, which is defined as the body of Christ, look like if his people were as generous as he was? I think it would be radically different. We'd be impacting new communities, touching new lives... Embracing new areas where we can reach people and touch lives. We all have more than what we need. None of us are going from pillar to post begging for anything. God brought us to this country and yes, we would have struggled a little bit, but his generosity brought increase into our life. And because his blessing flows into our life, we have to be allow it to flow through us. Because, see, the thing is, we expect God to be generous to us, but we don't emulate His generosity in our life. We expect it. Yet when it comes to giving help to build a place, to help other people encounter Him, to come and allow a place where others can come and experience Him, we are not so willing to be generous. But we come and ask for His generosity over and over and over again. But he says, you know, this is not just for you. This is for other people to come in and also experience what you've experienced. My love, my compassion, my grace. Be generous as I was generous to you. But we're like, no, no, we're not. We, because I need this and I need that and I need this in my life. And I need to go here and I need to do this. So, you know, I have a few dollars in my pocket after I bought my coffee and my Macca's breakfast. And if there's a few coins, I'll drop it in and give it to you. You should be thankful that I gave it to you. You should be thankful that I showed up. Imagine if God treated us the way we treat Him. <laughs> Pause for a second. Imagine how it would be if He treated us and the way we treat Him and His house. It would be a very radical thing, won't you think? See, we want to get, but we don't give. We want to be blessed, but we refuse to bless others. We want His love, but we, want, we don't want to demonstrate His love to others. In fact, we become the very antithesis of everything He represents when we become stingy with the resources He has given us. We hold on to it. We hoard it. We buy things we don't need. We store up things that are not necessary. And then we demand more. I hope as transformers that we can break the cycle of holding and holding on to things that are not necessary and be true transformers. The word transform means to change something radically. So let's be 
transform us, not just in name, but in action, deed, and mentality. Let's be generous with those that even don't like us and say things about us and talk about us and talk about us in negative fashions. Let's be generous with everyone. Because this place is not just for one set of people, one race of people, one kind of people. This place is for everyone. And so whether you've been here 50 years or whether you came in the first time, this is for you. And it doesn't belong to any single person. It belongs to him. And we welcome everyone. Regardless of where you came from. Regardless of what you had in your past. You're welcome in this place. Because this is a place that God desires to reach his people. So let's not hold on to so tightly to his blessings that he has poured out into our life. If we are to be honest, as I said before, we are more, we have more than sufficient. But when you give to the heart of the house, when you give into what God is doing in this community, in this place, you're not just giving to a church, you're creating a space where God can move and touch lives. You're building a future for impacting nations and empowering generations. That is what you're doing. You, like all of us, desire a good future. So let's leave a great future. Let's leave a legacy, not just for our kids, but for every child, every man, every woman to have an amazing experience in the place that God has given us and generations to come. Let's not just think about this generation, but let's think about every generation that's to come. So I said to you earlier, this is about our building, and so this is about heart for the house. Where is your heart? Is it in his house, or is it in your house? Where is your heart? Let's give towards his house, because it's a house not just for you, and me, it's a house for nations. See, we have the means to do it. We have the ability to do it. We just sometimes don't have the heart to do it. It's not that we don't have. It's not that we, don't, we can do. It's just that we don't have the heart to do it. And so, what do you want your future to be? What do you want our future to be? Is it a legacy of generosity and love and embracing and welcoming? Or is it about what you want in your world? Your legacy has to be beyond just today. It has to be a multi-generational legacy that is left behind for generations to come. And so I want to leave you with these two questions that I always do. I want you to write them down, take a picture of it, whatever you may do. And then we're going to go on to list a few other things we said we're going to do. So number one, first question, what is stopping you from leaving or leaning into this vision? What's stopping you? What do you have in your heart? What is the roadblock to letting you lean into this? You know, if you're honest, you talk to God about it and ask him to open up your heart and see what it is. David said this, search me and find no wicked way within me. You know why? Because if I search myself, I know which rooms to avoid and which place not to go to because I know where my mess is in my house. 
So I'm not going to search my entirety. So David knew that because he knows there's some prejudices about how we deal with our own lives. So he says, God, you search me. Because if I search myself, I'm going to just gloss over some areas. I'm going to rush over some areas. I'm going to not even open some other areas. But if you search me, Lord, you're going to open me up to the truth of what I'm actually living for. So ask yourself that question. What is stopping you from leaning into the vision? Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been damaged. Maybe you thought you were offended. Maybe it felt like someone didn't appreciate you. But God knows. God appreciates. And you're not doing it to please people. You're doing it to honor Him. Right? We're doing it to honor Him. So ask yourself honestly. Take some time this week and ask yourself that question. What is stopping me from leaning into this vision? You're here in this house this morning, but why aren't you invested? Number two. This is the most positive thing. Imagine being part of God's great purpose. And him using you to do marvelous things. What would that feel like? What would it feel like to know that you're in alignment with God? You know, God's heartbeat is supposed to be our heartbeat. You ever heard a heartbeat? It's like, right? There's a rhythm, sense to it. And when you hear something else that's out of alignment, you can hear the difference when you hear music. But when if your heartbeat is in perfect alignment with his heartbeat... There's a synchronicity to it. Because you're both beating at the same place. You're both beating for the same thing. God's heart beats for people. Everyone. And not just for things. So let's do that. Imagine being part of God's great purpose. What does that really feel like? I know first feeling because there's times in my life where I've aligned myself. And I know there's times where I've actually disconnected myself. He didn't do that. I did. I chose to. Like all of us, sometimes we choose to move out of that synchronicity. But what does having a heartbeat in sync with God feel like? Think about that this week. Now, I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to pray. So I want to pray for you, and then we're going to get into our technical aspect of this. Are you excited? It wasn't really a message to jump up and down now, was it? <laughs> but I believe it's, hopefully it's left something in your spirit. So, lift your hands to heaven, lift your hands to others, let's pray. Father, I pray for every single one of us, and maybe we've had hardened hearts. Maybe our hearts are hardened because of our past, our experience, whatever it may be. Maybe we just don't like people, and that's why we do what we do. But Lord, we don't come because we want to be in sync in everyone's heart and be loved by people. We want to be loved by you. And we do it to honor you and to give you praise and to lean into what you've asked us to do. I remember when John came up to you in the chapter of John, he says, what about this man? And you said to him, Lord, if I asked him to live forever, what is that to you? What God asks every single one of us to do is important to us. But let's not focus on people around us. Let's focus on what you've asked us to do. And so I pray for every transformer, everyone here this morning, whether here for the first time or the hundredth time, I pray that you will touch their heart. You'll just intersect them at their point 
of opposition even, that you will meet them where they are, whatever they're going through, whatever struggle, whatever mental thing they're going through, whatever hard thing they're going through, whatever thing they're going through where they feel like they can't invest in what you've asked them to do, I ask that you speak to them and open up their hearts. Bless them, encourage them, call them into this joint union of your vision in this house to help all of us come together to do what you've asked us to do. I give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.